This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup, just like a front three of Reese, Keane and Frockyar, right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Five to twelve, so I assume it is still good morning. How's things? Did Friday's pulsating defeat scupper and spoil your weekend, or did you just crack on and have a good time regardless? Um, good question. I don't really know. It was about as abject as it could have possibly been Friday night. Left feeling very hollow and empty, as if yeah. I don't know. It's hard to put into words just how bad that was, really. <laughs> And I was driven to drink. I hadn't really planned on having a big night, but, you know, you had to after that debacle. So we ploughed on into town. We had a, few, we had a few in the Black Horse where there was immediate controversy. Luckily, not, not involving myself, but, you know, it's that time of year where you get, like, once-a-year drinkers going out, don't you? Like, Christmas do's going on. Yeah. So you can get some right idiots out, can't you? Anyway, we walked into a um, a war of words between the bar staff and the black horse and a gentleman who had quite clearly had too much to drink. As it transpires, that gentleman had been um, like squeezing girls' backsides. You're joking. So it was all going on. And then and the drunk guy took exception at the fact that he'd, been, that he'd just been called a pervert. Which, which I always reckon is an underused phrase, really, pervert. It can be quite a derogatory thing, can't it? I wouldn't like to be called a pervert, but it is quite a good insult if you're looking to really hammer home something. Anyway, this drunken person was seething. Uh, but we went on from there. We went into, um, went into 12 Tellers, remarkably. I reckon it's the first time I've been in 12 Tellers for a good couple of years. I was um, saying this to someone. It used to be absolutely packed there every Friday and Saturday, didn't it, in our college days? Yeah, and I saw it empty. on someone's Snapchat story the other day. Empty. Nobody yeah. there. Yeah, you still get your students going in, don't you? But yeah, it's a bizarre place. It's, it's just too big, really. Mm. I hadn't missed it. Although the prices in there compared to like Hopwoods is stark. Yeah. Uh, remarkable, really. It's literally half the price. What would you say the average price of a decent pint of lager is nowadays? You probably. Rock is, not it? I'm going five fifty. 
it's probably slightly more. Yeah. Five eighty probably. Like you, you, you struggle to get a pint now for a fiver and below, which is scandalous. But this is the modern world we live in. Cost of living crisis has spiraled, and people ultimately know that no matter what the price of a drink is, they're going to keep going out because, uh, mm. especially after North End performances like that. I mean, you'd literally pay, I reckon, about twenty-five pound for a beer after that to sort of try to make you forget. But um, yeah, twelve tell is not great, uh, and then ended up in Warehouse, which I've never seen it more dead. Really, uh, I think the dance floor it, scene is maybe curtailed post-COVID. I don't know if people are clubbing as hard as they were. Yeah, perhaps. But my last time that I went into Warehouse, it was well documented on this podcast. It was like wall-to-wall. Yeah, like there was, wow. There was loads of people in there. It was cold, it wasn't it? Like, oh, oh, hellfire it was cold, yeah. Although not quite as cold as I was expecting. Warehouse wasn't cold, especially on top floor where it's that rocker stuff now, isn't it? That, um, that mm. real heavy metal stuff. That was still rammed, but elsewhere was... Um, was quite um, quite dead. Actually, I went to somewhere Cuckoo was as well. Cuckoo was that busy? Cuckoo was class. Cuckoo's yeah. always class. Do you think that like if it was anywhere in the world, it'd be like rammed all the time? It's just the fact that it's in Preston. It's in Preston, and it's a bit on out on a limb in it on its own. The yeah, location's not ideal, but I think it's worth going. In. I think it's absolutely quality. But yeah, all in all, quite simply had to go out after that dreadful, dreadful performance. So was the um, wrong and ejected from the black horse. Yeah, but he kept bouncing back in. Like he kept what an absolute sicko. Did you give him any stick? or? I just cleared out of the way, really. Like, it was clearly handy. You can't reason with these sort of people, can you? Because like they're arsehole and they don't really know what they're doing. They'll probably wake up with horrendous beer here the morning after. But, or in a cell. Yeah. Well, yeah, indeed. Totally inappropriate thing to do, especially the black horse. I mean, you would have thought that happened in the Black Horse, would you? In my opinion, the premier pub in town. It's more of a place like for like a proper pub where you go and have a quietish pint. Whereas it was um, it was well frequented by a works do. Chelsea in the FA Cup. I reckon ninety five percent of fans, probably more, were really buzzing when that came out of the hat. Well, you're not quite with those people, are you? <laughs> you uh, no. you're not a fan of the big. Uh... Big dues at big clubs. You want something a bit unique, something a bit smaller. I think ultimately you enter the cup to try and win it, and the ultimate prize, irrespective, we will be going out. Well, Christ, Jesus wept. But we'll get on to that. But ultimately, you enter the cup to try and win it, and people will be listening to this thinking this guy's mental. Like, there's no chance North End can win the FA Cup. But what's the point in entering it then? It's nonsense, and people will say. Oh yeah, well, you know, you get to draw Chelsea and stuff. But you're going out anyway. It's likely that the hype is larger than the actual excitement of the game anyway. Because it's likely North End are gonna get beat, especially if they turn out the way they did it against Queen's Park Rangers. Like I'm in a group chat and people soon. claiming that North North End can go to Chelsea and win. <laughs> and it was only like two two nights prior that people were talking about how North End are never gonna put collect another point ever again in the championship. So you've got to make your mind up. It's mental what a good cup draw can do. But I guess you are cling, you're clinging on to that 2% chance of... A, remember when Bradford went to Chelsea and won 4-2? Yeah. You're clinging on to that. Well, I mean... <laughs> North End might go to Chelsea and win. Like, it's not beyond the realms. Any outcome is 
possible, no matter how unlikely it may seem at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, and they may well win. And it may well be one of the greatest days of our lives. But that's highly unlikely. Chelsea will will be long odds on to beat North End, especially in the current form. I mean, we were talking about a Chelsea team yesterday who beat Brighton, one of those up-and-coming teams in the Premier League. Trendy, classy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with 10 men uh, for for about an hour in the second half. That's how long the game went in the second period. So, it's highly unlikely North End win. And, obviously, it's a good draw in terms of money. Like, North End will get more money, especially with it being at Stamford Bridge, because you get half the gate, don't you, as well? Something along those lines. Right. The yeah, there's TV money and tyre money, if yeah. you will. Yeah, all that stuff's great. But I just um I just prefer well no, I just want one FA Cup run in my lifetime. I know I'm only twenty four and it may well come. But when you draw Chelsea in the first round, you know, you may as well just go out quietly out of the FA Cup. Which will be quite a nice, you know, a day out in the smoke is not to be sniffed at. It's one of the great days going to London to watch North End. Especially Chelsea with the glitz and the glamour and all that. And the grandeur of Stamford Bridge. But yeah, when North End's ball came out, I was a touch disappointed. Although there wasn't a great deal of good draws left in. To me, the creme de la creme would have been Maidstone away. But the only really saving grace of the cup draw, well, no, there's two in there with the money, but also it's a tick. I've never been to Stamford Bridge. I didn't go in 2002 when Creswell scored or 1980 when North End played there. Hmm. Um, Why did you not go in 1980? Because I wasn't born. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't alive. That's why I didn't go there. I don't know why I didn't go in 2002. I'll be having a stern word with my parents. Why your three-year-old why. self didn't make it that day. Yeah, disgusted. But um, look, you know, it's done now, isn't it? North End are done, likely out of the cup. But um, I have to put the passport back in the drawer for one more year. No European football next season. So Maidstone would have been your number one? Yeah, ideally. Or like Alfreton, that would have been a good cup draw. Or even like a lower league team that's a tick like... Uh, AFC Wimbledon or Ramsgate was a tie, and that would have really got the juices flowing away from home, especially. Um, mm. Newcastle Sunderland's I, incredible, isn't it? What are the odds yeah. of that? I mean, could life be any more joyful as a Newcastle fan right now? Like they've uh, they just got a Herculean point in the Parc de Prince in midweek. They've wiped the floor in Man United. I don't know how they only won one 0 on Saturday night. Man United were pathetic. Newcastle were hungry in game and everything you want to see in a team. And then you go and draw your local rivals who are well below you now in the pyramid on a horrible run of form. And could life be any better? Like, Newcastle really ought to spank Sunderland. But, um, yeah, that's a great cup tie. Arsenal-Liverpool's a mental cup tie as well. Now, the FA Cup draw out, I absolutely love the anticipation. It's what it... I can't stand when someone from your own league comes out a long trip and they're at home, <laughs> and you're just crossing everything you've got. Yeah, you know when Cardiff and Norwich and, came out, didn't they? Yeah, and you just they're like, "Don't do it, don't do it," <laughs> because yeah. we went to Cardiff, didn't we, in the FA Cup a couple of years ago? Yeah, we did. It's a long that. way. We were one of the few people to get into the ground. So yeah. you were uh, Jake Oates for the day, weren't you? Indeed, I was. <laughs> people have got to look at Jake Oates, and that guy, that, day. that guy, just gets wherever. He wants really. Jake Oates gets where water can't. Although, <laughs> I, although the Oates have known when I was south of Stoke that I wasn't Jake Oates. <laughs> Morning, Jake. Hope you're well, Jake. If you're listening, <laughs> I don't think he does listen. To be honest, does he? 
I don't think he does. Although it might be playing in the Community and Education Trust department this morning. Who knows? Highly doubt That's it. Yeah, yeah Gillingham really? came out at home. I mean, that would have just... You might have liked that, but I thought that would have been yeah, hell. That, would, that wouldn't have been the worst draw in the world. Although I have been to Gillingham. But again, you're likely to go through. Like If you get Gillingham away, then it's a good yeah. day out and you're likely to win. Yeah, um, it's someone from your own league away that's a long trip. Yeah, I I always think any home tie you can just take it like yeah you'll have you accept it but yeah imagine like Cardiff away or something like that and well we've got Sunderland don't we on New Year's Day so imagine if you were sent back there and like in the space of six days <laughs> and literally nobody would go nobody would go well, you'd just have to stay there for the week wouldn't you in Sunderland yeah yeah you would really let the good times roll on to Friday I think we've got a balance to strike between brightening up an increasingly gloomy fan base and also assessing where we are, because it's not great at the minute, is it? Yeah, they say that Gareth Southgate's got the toughest job, hasn't he, in the sport. But I reckon we have this morning trying to dress this up as something remotely acceptable, which is going to be difficult to do, but we'll give it a shot because we are the place of positivity, of hope and optimism. But this was anything but those three words. A woeful performance from start to finish. We spoke last week after the Millsbury game about how North End didn't just have a chance, but didn't look like creating a chance. And you think, well, you know, you're getting back to Deepdale in front of the TV cameras on a Friday night. Good opportunity to bounce back quickly uh, and to get back to winning ways and just lift a little bit of gloom that was starting to linger. And then all of a sudden you, you lob in and arguably even worse performance, where you really don't look like, like making a chance yet again. There was that stat, wasn't there, that, that crept around Twitter. I mean, Twitter was was the ultimate zoo after that game on Friday night, and it's worth just logging straight off, because people get immersed in this thing. But anyway, we'll come on to that later on, no doubt. North End had something like 0.09 XG or something along those lines, wasn't it? Maybe I'm doing them a disservice mm. by adding them an extra zero. But you may as well add as no, many zeros as you like. Because 0.9, right, 0.9 had been nearly a goal and we didn't. We definitely weren't expecting a goal on Friday. Well, I said 0.009. Oh, no, um, I think, yeah, I think it'll be 0.09. Yeah. Well, well, it may it as well might not be. 0.009 reoccurring yeah. nine. It might, yeah, it North, might have been that. North End could have played until now. the reverse game at Loftus Road if you want to score. Um, it was a diabolical display, which is that it wasn't really expected in in so far as when the teams came out. You probably looked at it and thought they're probably the eleven best players at our disposal right now who aren't injured and available. And you sort of thought, right, he's gone back to the sort of method that we'd like to see, and then nothing worked. It was a dreadful performance, um, and nobody had a good game. Nobody came out with with great credit at all. Indeed. Yeah, he went to a back four, didn't he? Four, two, three, one, four changes. And we were just kind of back at that style last season, passing for the sake of it. But yeah, you never felt like there was any real kind of thinking behind it, as in we're passing here to then do this, to then do this. It was just playing the obvious pass. And QPR just sat there for 45 minutes, didn't they? Conserved yeah. energy. And we just, there was no creative creativity whatsoever in the team, which with Holmes and and Frockyar on the pitch and Ramsey, you were, you were hoping could provide a bit of a spark, was 
damning. Frockyard was like a lost puppy, really, out on that left flank, wasn't he? Yeah, there was a lot of criticism uh, for bringing Woodburn on for Frockyard, but, I mean, you could have brought me on for Frockyard and I'd have had a similar impact on that game instead of the Mads did. So we spoke about how Middlesbrough away perhaps wasn't the type of game that you want him in. Like, you're not going to have a great deal of the ball. He's not really going to be able to express himself. Whereas QPR is a game where you'd look at, you know, they're in the bottom three, struggling a touch, uh, and you think, right, this is the sort of game where, you know, he's going to get lots of the ball, he's going to be able to um, express himself, create chances, get into get into regions for himself to score. And he was, he was atrocious. And that's no real slight to him, really, because everybody was poor. QPR, yeah, like you said, they just basically... A bit like a boxer, just sort of on the end of the jab for 45 yeah. minutes. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, they're trying to weigh up the opponent. They probably thought, like, can't believe how poor this team is. And let's have it right, QPR were poor as well. Like, they're not great. They're yeah. not a great they, team. They offered absolutely team nothing like in great. the first half. Yeah, really poor. And really, other than the goals, they didn't really offer much either. No. It was a really drab game of football. I mean, if you were watching this game on Sky, you wouldn't have stayed watching for too long. Like, you might have no. given it 10 minutes maximum. Like, this really wasn't a Christmas cracker by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, towards the end of the game, QPR supporters were singing jingle bells and proclaiming how fun it was to watch QPR win away, but I can't imagine that that was a good watch for them either. Like, I know they won the game, but Christ, it was a diabolical game. Spoke to someone at work today who'd, who'd watched it for work purposes, and he's like, why do you keep getting picked for telly? Every time I watch you, bloody awful. To be fair, I mean, the Blackburn game was a great game, a great advert for Championship football. Yeah, it was. Uh, but the two games that made it onto Sky last week were um, were about as bad an advert for Preston North End as they could have possibly been, especially the Friday game. That, that was a, uh, a dreadful um, appetizer for the Championship. You probably never watch another game ever again if you've just come from another planet and that was the first match you watched. You'd never watch football again. Hmm. Um, but yeah, bereft of ideas for large parts. Like you. We've um, highly praised Whiteman on this podcast uh, quite a lot, but um, he was he was really poor. Alan Brown, who's been Herculean all season, just wasn't quite right. I don't know whether he's 100% fit, but that wasn't the Alan Brown that we've come to expect all season. Dwayne Holmes, quite similar, just missing all game. We looked so, knackered, yeah. didn't we, like in the second half? There's a few times where we nicked the ball back in our half and like just had 11 shirts like, parked in their own half and the fans were like, really urging them to get forward and couldn't do it. Yeah, there's been times Whether in recent that. years where we've like really thrived in taking these games like weekend, midweek, weekend, whereas it just looked we were just like gone, like completely shot at the game. And like questions have to be asked then about the fitness of the players because like, yeah. they've just had an international break. It's not as if it's been Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for weeks on end. Like they've just had a week off where they had an extra couple of days because they played on the Friday night. Like they had a a genuinely sustained period and off. Other than obviously Brown and Miller and Osmaric who went away to play for the countries. So like there's no real excuse to be going in against QPR, albeit you've you've had a really attritional game against Cardiff at the weekend where, you know, you might be hurt sort of mentally as well as physically. Uh, and then you've just chased shadows at Middlesbrough midweek, but that's no excuse not to be up to the right energy levels against QPR. Because no. these are paid day in, day out, to be of the right levels of fitness uh, to compete every game. So mm-hmm. that is a red flag of the management and the coaching team, without doubt. That, like, With the injuries we, as well. We, yeah. We really ought to be We really ought to be one of the... You know, they say in cricket that 
fielding is one of the aspects that you can really nail down and be good at. To really, fitness is one of them in uh, football. There's no excuse not to be the fittest team in the league when you're not quite, when you're slightly more limited in terms of resources, technical ability and resources. You've got to make up at the margins yeah. in other ways. Yeah. All in all. I think we saw a bit of that at the start of the season. Thought we were running harder as a team. But yeah, the last two, he made four changes at Middlesbrough and four changes for QPR. So there's really no excuse for that. You saw, New- like you said before, Newcastle gone to PSG and then United. The way they ran against United was incredible, wasn't it? It just made you yeah, think, like enough of this schedule shite. You can, you can do it. They're unbelievable, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, Newcastle ha- have to play a lot more games than we do. I mean, to go to PSG and like backs against the wall more or less for 90 minutes. I didn't watch the game because I was at Middlesbrough, but PSG had a XG of something like 4.4. Um, mm. and drew Have you drank on. something and, funny this morning? It's your second mention of XG. <laughs> I know there's something rotten in the state of Denmark. What's going on? There. This is insane. Take your mask off. I feel like Zoom. Dick Turpin. <laughs> Dick Advocat. But um, yeah. Uh, and then against Man United, they were like dogs chasing sheep. Yeah, they were. They were. Oh, crikey. And, and compared to North End's level of energy, it was staggering. Like watching a bunch of OAPs playing walking football in comparison. So, yeah, that may sort it out and quick. You could feel Deepdale like really ready to kind of not explode, but it was like bubbling. You could feel it, couldn't you, with at 1 0. You could even feel it at half time, really, given how bad that performance was in the first half. But yeah, it's definitely started to turn, hasn't it? Oh, without mm. doubt, yeah. Every time that Woodman got the ball, like he could be handling it for literally like momentarily, and people are fuming that he hasn't offloaded it quicker. Like there was a Backwards certain passes and stuff as well. Yeah, there was impatience starting to create like an epidemic around Deepdale, which isn't a good atmosphere. Like no, ultimately, if you want your team to win, berating them. And being quite outspoken, your criticism isn't an ideal way of going about it. So, albeit we don't really have any um, input in how the game goes, really, ultimately. Although, to compare to Newcastle, which we've done quite a lot on this podcast, like their atmosphere comparatively, you know, I appreciate they're on more of like an upward curve, but it can only help, I suppose, if you're really behind the team and you're going in the right direction. But yeah, there was. What goes to far as. Far as to say it was toxic at Deepdale. No, I wouldn't. But, but there was um, a lot of anger and a lot of frustration. And ultimately, probably a lot of boredom as well, which, which is yeah. a good concept. Yeah, it was a cold night. It was on telly. People are probably there like, what have I come to see here? What this is like, am I doing? This is mind-numbing. Yeah. It was. You could argue the front six, because Brown was a bit deeper, wasn't he? So Whiteman, Brown, Holmes, Keane in the 10, who we'll talk about in a minute. Frocchio on the left and Evans, you could argue none of them were having the best gotten out of them in that formation. Evans was just up there chasing balls, which is not his game. Keane couldn't get into it, was hooked at half-time again. And we've mentioned Frocchio, Brown and Whiteman, haven't we? Holmes was probably the best of those six, but that really isn't saying much. No, whatsoever. And to be honest, I can't really recall Holmes being in the game. But Holmes could have not played, for all I know, and, and sort of had the same impact on the game. I don't really recall him doing a great deal. Evans, yeah, you're right in the fact that he was chasing a lot of lost causes, but also when the ball went to him, like it just wouldn't stick. No, it was bobbling, wasn't it? like at all. It's not Chedlike whatsoever. Um, and you could note that sort of in the previous games, yes. minus the Blackburn game where he was outstanding and made a real impact, but he hasn't quite come back the same player that Chad Evans was, which is obviously to be expected after incredibly serious surgery. But yeah, 
it wasn't really what you come to expect from Evans. He couldn't really hold the ball up. He couldn't, he couldn't quite move his feet quick enough, couldn't get the ball out of his feet enough. Keane was non-existent in the opening stanza, rightfully hooked at half-time. Which is annoying because he was he started so well. And you yeah. thought, this guy's going to play a real big, real big part this year. Since he's come back from injury, yeah. he's just not got going at all. I know he's been moved around yeah. position-wise, formation-wise, but yeah. Since we've since Ryan Law's options have increased, he's certainly regressed, which isn't yeah. good. which is bizarre, really. So uh, I've said to someone at the start of the season, Ryan Ledson and Ali McCann were our midfield pair, and people were thinking, what on earth are we going to do? But we actually yeah. did much better than with Whiteman. Yeah, which is bizarre, because human field, contrary to popular belief, is massively upgraded with Whiteman being in there. But yeah, we were living hand-to-mouth at the start of the season, really, weren't we? In terms of yep. options. Uh, and now they've sort of got slightly better. It's as if he doesn't really know how to get the best out of them, which is a massive concern. Because ultimately, you know, the sum of his parts is greater, yet the results are going the other way. But we always appreciated the fact that results would revert back to the mean. Will Keane would always revert to the mean in terms of his goal scoring, because that was it's unsustainable as well. But it's now the fact that like we've regressed that much that we're showing numbers that, that you come to expect of a team who'd be scrapping out of the bottom of the league, which is a massive red flag. Yeah. Um, and that has to improve quickly. Now, it's not, in my opinion, I know there's a lot of people calling for his head, but it's not the time yet to do so. You know, North End are eighth in the league, irrespective of what underlying metrics say. And, you know, you've got to appreciate that as well, that ultimately, as long as football matches are determined by how many goals you score on the day compared to your position, then that, that won't change. And, you know, that's how many points you collect. But in the f- fullness of time, you will expect that those underlying metrics will catch up with you at some point. And they're going at a particularly bad trajectory at the moment, which needs to change. But Ryan Law has earned, has earned the chance to change it, in my view, by getting those sort of, by starting as well. We're in a little bit of a rut now. It's a little bit overstated how much of a rut we're in. Like the Cardiff game, uh, we were, you know, within minutes of winning that match. Middlesbrough was dreadful and awful and inexcusable. We, you can expect to go and get beat at Middlesbrough. Like we got, we got hammered there last season. You know, it, it happens. But yeah, QPR was was absolutely woeful and worrying more than anything. So I don't think we're we're in like a complete crisis like people are making out because it's nonsense, right? eighth in the league above some massive football clubs so you know we just need to take a slight step back and I talked to my brother yesterday about this and we were talking about how like you know it's all well and good when you're towards the top of the league you're selling tickets at like Leicester and you're selling tickets at where else do we do well in terms of Stoke Stoke and all those sort of games but like they need us most now probably when you're going through that tough spell you need your fans behind them and it's no real good berating them. Like, it's time to really get behind them now. And it's all right going to Chelsea and taking, like, 8,000. But spoke about it briefly in the podcast last time about how the Middlesbrough following wasn't really acceptable. And I might I might get some sort of um, criticism for coming out with that, but it isn't because, like, if you can find the money to go to Chelsea in the FA Cup, you can find the money to go to Middlesbrough when you're in the top six and your team needs you. So let's all get to Norwich and let's go there with optimism let's get behind them because otherwise what's the point I mean there's no point going there and wanting Ryan Lowe out and ultimately North End losing time to go to Carrow Road it's time to have a real good day out and hopefully North End can get back to winning ways which we know they're capable of because we've seen it multiple times this season I think you're right I think the next five games 
you maybe know a lot more in terms of where this thing's heading because some tough games coming up here. And, you know, eighth in the league, two points off sixth, three points off 14th. But those stats you mentioned, they're not minor stats, these. They're uh, the major attacking and defensive stats that are relegation stats. So if you carry on playing like that, you'll start to slide down the league, no question. So performances have to improve. I think you'd rather... Yeah, if you were, you could accept losing, where well, you can always accept losing, can't you? If your team plays well and can kind of see something building, or but that's not been there for the last two games whatsoever. Yeah. So uh, certainly a big festive period you feel because going to Norwich won't be easy. Playing against Watford won't be easy. Swans is always a tough place. Leeds are absolutely flying. So yeah, let's see, let's see what happens. But yeah, I think the, it's just a vitriol towards the manager. I've not really quite known it with any manager in recent times as. There's a lot of fans that just really, we mentioned it last time, like the anger towards Ryan Lowe is uh, pretty high, isn't it? It is. And it's because he's unrelatable. He talks a lot of nonsense, a lot of management <laughs> speak, and it rubs and people up the wrong way. I think, come on to Ched's interview after the game, because I think that's that didn't do Ryan any favours either. Because I think people kind of, like you said, related to what Evans came out and said. It was authentic. It was from the heart. There was a bit of feel there. And whereas the manager kind of he chucks the same buzzwords out and phrases every week. So it was just another kind of interview, wasn't it? There's never, I don't think there's ever really been that, as much as he's tried, been that genuine feel from the fans. You know what I mean? Oh, I completely agree. Like, I wouldn't bat an eyelid, bat an eyelid if he left tomorrow, but that's not to say that I want him out. Because you want the best for your club. Yeah, but he's he's just not the sort of person that, we're, that we sort of... I don't know, it's hard to, hard to explain. Like, he's a bit of a scouser, charismatic, he's got the gift of the gab. But when you sort of scratch beneath, uh, Well, no. When you, when you scratch beneath the surface of what he's actually coming out with, like, it's a lot of nonsense. Like, I've not... I don't really listen to his interviews. Whereas Alex Neal's interviews, apologies for bringing him up for those who um, literally can't stand the Stoke boss, was always a genuinely compelling person to listen to. Well, he so would break it down, wouldn't he? He would tell you yeah. why something's gone wrong or what went right or break it down. Yeah, you don't really get that, do you? It's always like below the levels and that kind of that kind of vibe. And you've always got the impression with Ryan Lowe that Northland's a little bit of a stepping stone. Like, it's all about him. It's all about putting himself in the shot window. But none of this is really, like, it's not wanting him out because I think it'd be quite knee-jerk to do so. We're just trying to understand why there is that level of kind of frustration with a manager who's kind of yeah. had us around mid-table throughout his time here. Yeah. I spoke to Jimmy Atkinson briefly after the game on Friday night and I said to him, are you part of the low-out club now? And he said, well, I was never really low in. And I imagine that's the same for most fans, really. Like We had that nice time when he took over and North End were doing quite well with Archer and stuff. Um, and we had that, you know, flirt with the playoffs. But... I don't think anyone's really warm to him. Like, he's never really been our manager. Like, you never, like, jump to defend it. Whereas, like, other managers, you probably would. So, it's a tricky one. But he's hoisted his own petard in terms of that, anyway, by being that brash scouser. I think you made a good point there that maybe a more appropriate question is, would you be bothered if the manager left? And that's not really a... It's not a very nice thing to question, is it? But you want that feeling towards your manager that you really back him all the way. And you're probably right that, People have never really been convinced on that front in terms of, in terms of like Ryan Lowe being more bothered about his profile than the club as such, which might be unfair because I've heard him talk a lot about progressing and, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not a nice question really because this is a guy who, whether you like him or not, you'd like to think he's like working hard 
day to day trying to find a solution to stop the sort of mini rut from continuing. And a bloke ultimately who, you know, we've had some good times under Ryan Law. Like it's not as if like it's been all doom and gloom. Like I said, we went top of the league. Like it was only a couple of weeks ago that we won at Blackburn and literally on top of the world. Yeah. Like it's Beat Blackpool twice. How, yeah. It's weird how the sport can just like completely change like in the space of yeah. I don't know, twenty days or so. Like you go to Blackburn and win and like you're walking out of that ground and it's hard to imagine you're coming out of a ground with more elation. Um whereas you're coming out of the QPR game and it's hard to imagine you're coming out of a ground more glum and and upset. Well not necessarily upset, just more like just empty. So but I suppose that's why we all keep going back to sport. But um mm. Yeah, Ryan Lowe, he's never really captured the hearts of the place. Got got in there, beneath the surface. Yeah, and you've always got the impression it is all about him. Like, if he got... Let's say we were doing well and he got, like, a decent offer from slightly up the championship table or even the Premier League, like, he'd be offering an absolute flash, wouldn't he? Like, you get that impression from him. Mm. Um, Which I guess a lot of managers would. Yeah, especially managers. Like, they're always going to take that next step because you... You never know whether it's going to come. Yeah. And you can't blame them. But I think it's just that sort of, that a little bit of arrogance about him. Uh, I think it comes from being like Scouse. Like they sort of. <laughs> People don't like Scousers. He's well, no, a bit harsh on really. But like he's a little bit overconfident in himself. He's not relatable, one iota. Even like in the fact that like his hair's like perfectly gelled to an absolute T. He wears expensive trainers and flash coats and really nicely styled skinny trousers slash chinos. But I couldn't ever imagine wearing that. But that's just... <laughs> Ultimately, he can wear whatever he wants. But, I don't know, in the past we've had um, managers like Frankie and Neil and um, Grayson who've, you know, looked like real genuinely like hard-working men in tracksuits and like losing their hair or their hair's already gone and looking notably older at the um, travails of the job. Whereas Ryan Lowe just looks like this um, this beautiful person who you might come to expect going in the line bar quite often and taking home whoever he wants Yeah. 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 Like moving on to cocktails at the end of the night after about eight Peronis, moving on to, I don't know, porn star martinis. Yeah. Maybe a Prosecco. Whereas the previous managers, you know, they're just tenants. <laughs> like day in day out no problem whatsoever they're going to have about 15 of the things before the last orders um, yeah on one yeah. table and they won't leave that table till they go home yeah, there's nothing wrong with that I mean that's more <laughs> me than, than the Ryan Lowe thing but um, yeah I think it ultimately stems from the fact that he's just not relatable whatsoever um, every time he opens his mouth it's um, it's a tough listen which we might be a bit harsh here but um, to, to sort of go back Full circle. I wouldn't bat an eyelid if he left. Um, I mean, there will come a day when he does leave, and it'd be fascinating to see where his managerial career goes. You know, because he came here with stock quite high, didn't we? Like we thought, wow, we've got a really good up and coming manager here. And you, st- you, you suspect the perception from the outside of Preston is that he's still that. You know, if 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 the manager were to leave, I'm sure there'd be outrage in like national media and pundits and stuff. Like, what are Preston doing? Yeah, they won six games in a row at the start of the season. They're eighth. What do they expect? Yeah, well, there'll be people who are, who would rightly point to the fact that like, our resources are, are paltry compared to the rest of the league, or the majority of the rest of the league, and yet we're still eighth. So it, it, it would, on the face of it, be absolutely mental to sack him. Like, North End are never going to whiz a manager when you're eighth in the league, in the championship. 
that is not going to happen. You may as well get it out of your minds now. Like, this isn't going to happen until it starts to get worse and worse and worse and we start to slide down that league, which you could argue would be, um, you know, being asleep at the wheel. And maybe that might, that may well play out. The numbers at the moment will tell you that that's the way we're going, without doubt. But Ryan Lowe has earned, has earned the opportunity, in my opinion, to change it. So you've got to give him the um, the chance to do so and the support to do so. Like I said earlier on, there's no point rocking up at Norwich hoping we lose or play or play poorly and like getting on the back. And really, I know for a fact that that won't happen because if you're willing to go to, to Norwich, travel to Norwich, yeah, when you're in a when you're in a bit of a hole after the week we've just had, then you're going to be a bit of a diode and you're going to back the lads to the absolute hill. So it's not necessarily the Norwich game that that could be quite. Toxic. It's more the Queen's Park, uh, the uh, the Watford, Watford game, or even Huddersfield. You'd imagine quite a few going to Huddersfield. Fifteen hundred at least. Uh, you'd imagine. Yeah, because it's not far. Although you know Middlesbrough's not that far, and we could only muster four hundred. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But ultimately, Ryan Lowe, and no matter what you think of him, and the players need us most right now. So now's the time to back him and get behind him. There's no point being negative and trying to bring the thing down. It's a good point because whatever you think of the manager and. Beyond, there is a group of players there trying to win games, and I think they are they are a good group, aren't they? Honest, not pretty normal lads that limited technically, but we've seen that they can do it. They can outwork teams and stuff, and for whatever reason, that wasn't there in the last two matches. There's only one week ago that I was talking on this podcast about how I was proud walking off deep there because they yeah. showed all the attributes we wanted, like the passion, desire, um, over my dead body type thing. So we know that a lot can change in a week. It's a cliche, but. Occasionally, just going to take a step back and just think, all right, that was like an awful week, a woeful week on a bad run already. But we just need to try and get behind them. And like, there's a lot of uh, a lot of tweets out there at the moment that say, you know, Ryan Lowe's been back, so we've got a great squad of players, the best we've had since we've come back up. I don't think that's true, really. Like, this is a pretty decent squad. It's got more depth than it has or had. I still reckon the Neil team uh, that just missed out on the playoffs was yeah. a lot better than this team. Um, on the midfield alone. Yeah. I mean, look at the quality of that midfield. Like compared to now, we had Gallagher, Pearson, uh, Johnson, all those type players. And then even... Ben Davis. Even the top men. Like, yeah. I mean, on, and we actually must have had a plan back then. Like, in you know, how we wanted to go about it. And, you know, we were young and hungry and energetic and the fitness levels could never be questioned back then. Pace in the team. Mm. But anyway... Um, that's just sort of nostalgia talking, but uh, potentially. But I don't, I don't agree with the tweets now that say that Ryan Lowe, you know, that no, there's that ridiculous nonsense that North End have the ingredients, they just don't have the chef. It's undoubtedly stronger than when he came in, and he has a money yeah. put behind him, and he's he said himself he thinks he's got more quality now. So I guess it is on him to bring more of that out and show more of a plan, get the best out of players because you've got probably you've one of your premier players in Whiteman. Not quite at it at the minute. Woodman's low on confidence, clearly. Osmaic is now injured. There's a few things not ideal there, but you can't play like you did on Friday night. A few more of them and it will start to really crank up, won't it? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, if we continue to go in the direction we're currently going in, then it won't be in a job come, I don't know, mid-January, February. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's on him to get the best out of these players to, to make sure that doesn't happen. Like, it's no good now, like, like over the Christmas period, like being abusive or not get behind the team because like that doesn't help anyone. Like there's that um, well-known rhetoric that goes around. It's our shirt you wear. 
people need to realise that it is our shirt and like we need to get behind them so they've got the best opportunity to get results. We need to play our part as well. Like it's all well and good being like, you know, Ryan Lowe's not not playing his part or the players aren't playing their part. It's our, it's it's um it's up to us to try and lift them. And it's nothing that two wins won't shut sort out. If we go and beat Norwich and we beat what uh, beat Huddersfield and all of a sudden you go into the Watford game and everything's hunkadory, you're probably back in the top six and North End are going up again. We've got a massive cup tie at Chelsea to look forward to. Yeah, and you can imagine who's winning there, can't you? As well. Absolutely not, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I'm gonna be absolutely whenever the game is, just imagine them teams coming out. You know, I remember being at Leicester thinking, Christ, what on earth are Chelsea gonna field for that cup tie? What are we gonna field? Incredible. Well, yeah, I mean in recent times when we've come against the big teams, like Spurs last year was pathetic. I remember we played Manchester City under Neil and he rested copious players. Yeah, uh, Ben Pearson put, put up for pre-match press, not even in the in the side. Yeah, it's about <laughs> it's about time that we started to show the FA Cup a little bit more respect. Yeah, I mean, it, hopefully we've had a few wins by then. We're sitting comfortably around tenth, and then there's no reason not to play your strongest possible team at Chelsea. Why? Like everyone should be desperate to play in that game. Yeah. We might start to see more desire and more, well, more desire than what they showed on Friday night because they'll be wanting to get into that team for Chelsea. But obviously, there's there's plenty of football to be played before Chelsea. Like we've got an important week coming up. Got to go to bloody Don't Swansea be. two days before Christmas. Yeah, three Swansea days for a real Christmas cracker. Yeah, um, I went in a camper van for that contest. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I know, genuinely, camp, camper. The camper's being fired up to Swansea. Black Eye Friday in South Wales. Yeah, there's loads of football to be played. Mm. Good more wins and we're all hunky-dory. But things have got to change. We need to urge everybody to get behind them because what's the point if not? Yeah. We touched on Evans' interview. Did you read and watch it? I didn't watch it. I've read um, bits and bats of it, but I've never been one, especially after North End get beat, to like really hurry on uh, post-match thoughts, really. But um, so what I did read, it was frank and honest and also correct and relatable, something that Ryan Lowe hasn't really been ever any time here. He was kind of questioning like the intangibles, kind of leadership and effort and stuff, which isn't great to hear. And he said he could feel the atmosphere changing in Deepdale as well. So it was really honest, come out and he really kind of thinks about his answers, just yeah. spoke like a real senior player doing his coaching badges, isn't he? So... Yeah, perfect person to come out and speak after that, I think, because Alan Brown's done it several times before and it, you imagine it just makes him a bit miserable, to be honest, whereas Evans can kind of handle it, can't he? If there's players in there feeling pressure, then you can't imagine he's one of them. No. Experienced pro, isn't he? Uh, he's been yeah. around the block, I see. He'll have been in these ruts before. He'll have been in these sort of issues before. He'll have not a great deal of the sport that he, that he won't have experienced uh, and he's the sort of leader that you want in the dressing room as well. Like Brown's come out in the past, especially after Burnley away, you'd probably know some sort of... That was more of like a damning interview as well. Hello. But they're the sort of players who you, you're relying on in the coming days to, you know, rev everybody up, get everybody ready for Norwich away. You, know, you can never be too high or too low. Flash out another cliche. So, yeah, hopefully he's coming out with stuff like that in the dressing room and you know, they're, yeah. honest, they're having a frank and honest discussion and trying to come up with a way of of, uh, of getting a, a better result at the weekend. I've been thinking this is where you need someone like Barkhazen to come out and just absolutely say what he's thinking. And I was thinking, do we have someone capable 
and then step forward, Chad Evans comes out and delivers it. Barky was box office at that, wasn't he? That one where he tore into Frankie and football and stuff like that. But yeah, that was one of the most memorable player interviews ever. No, Barky basically said that he hated the system, didn't he? Oh, he was just like playing, we'll be going to League One. <laughs> League One and stuff. Yeah. Making making teams look like Barcelona. You never... Uh, he's just kind of passed by, any Barky, and just at Derby, in and out of team in League One. Shame, really, because he was box office at his best. Yeah, he's a good servant for us, Barky. Good player. We didn't, uh, we didn't even mention him before, well, did we, when we, we were talking about that warm and fuzzy Neil team? But he was there, in the heart of it. Well, I said... I said that that team had pace, uh, and he was instrumental in that. Oh, he like, was. He was a joy sharp. to watch when he was coming up full, mm. uh, full speed. He was probably at his quickest when he came under Grayson originally. Like yes. that player from Morecambe, you're thinking, play from Morecambe. And then he, uh, like he got chucked in for like 20 minutes or so at the Day Newman of Games, and he, he was an absolute <laughs> joy to watch. Yeah. yeah. Bingo. Someone must have a line by now. But yeah. Yeah, quality player, Barky. Adaptable as well. Could play right wing back. He could play right wing. He could play nine. Just a proper player. And, uh, yeah. Spoke bit of a well shame how it ended. A little bit, but you can't have your fairy tales in football, can you? Not everybody has that that great sort of ending. Like Alexander. Well, Alexander had a great ending at North End, didn't he? But he still went to Burnley in that sort of quiet way. So, mm. it happens. Like Johnson quietly went to Stoke. Pearson went to board with the cause of stir by saying, you know, that he'd be better playing with play. better players. Well, <laughs> yeah. Which, you're obviously going to say that when you're signed for a new club who were, who were towards the top of the league, weren't they, in the Championship at the time. Yeah, but no one's yeah. really rocketed, have they? Obviously, Ben Davis got the Liverpool move, but didn't play. He's <laughs> just retired, which is sad. Yeah. What a great player he was for us. So, but again, you look at these players, and oh, other than Ben Davis, who was university lights, and Pearson, but scuppered that with his uh, amusing comments. None of them were like universally liked by North End fans. No, Fisher, Johnson, Robinson. You don't, really, you don't really know until it's gone, do you? Harold McMillan once said that uh, the United Kingdom has never had it so good. And I suppose North End had never had it so good back then. How are you linking that quote to Preston North End? <laughs> well, I think it's true. Yeah. It? Well, actually, we have actually had it much better when we are in the playoffs under the King Billy Davis who was rumoured to make a return mm, this week he's, he's popping up he on podcasts rearing he's his head like, he's a bit like James Wade the darts player he's like hovering in circles he's got no right to hover and then bang he's going to swoop and take the North End job I believe the Riddler's been in contact with with the King could it be time this Christmas to finally Bow down to the bow down to the king. Obviously, taking the piss for anyone who's texting the mates. Well, are we taking the piss though? Are mm-hmm. we, or do we have some some intel, some inside knowledge? Itk. Yeah, we'll leave that up to people's imagination. Two big kids, aren't we? Childish, childish Monday afternoon behaviour. I don't know. He looks well. <laughs> he looks well, doesn't he, Billy? Did you watch any of that podcast? He looks trim. He looks like he's been in the gym. I'm not, well, I don't know where the hell he's been. It's been 10 years, hasn't it? I think he mentioned his family, maybe a few things going on and legal issues, but it's a long, long time. Long he was time. He blacklisted, wasn't he? It's blacklisted by most clubs, which is really mental considering his record in the championship, like, more or less unrivaled if you want to try and get in the yeah. play- playoffs. Like, he should have been managing. He should have been managing. 
more than he has. Nottingham Forest. But they say that the game's changed, but it'd be interesting to see when he takes over. Well, Moyes is still doing okay, isn't he? Well, I suppose. Well, I mean, we really stick to the same principles as we had under him, really. Try not to get beat, first and foremost, and then try and try and win. Yeah. Some suggestion the lads are on the Christmas do, isn't they, on Twitter at the minute. Which some people will be furious about, really, really yeah. furious about. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking, you could look at it like that, or maybe it's exactly what they need as a group. Maybe they should okay. be running hard for seven days at Exton, but maybe a couple of days away as a squad might just bring them that bit closer together, re-energise them, who knows. Could look stupid yeah, I reckon Norwich, but I think that there is there is something to be said for something like that. So, well, there's no right answer, is there? Because if we go and get hammered at Norwich, then we're going to be saying, "I can't believe you went on the piss in Copenhagen." Like what an irresponsible smashing pastries! A bunch of absolute idiots going on the piss despite being dreadful for the last week. Or they could win at Norwich, and like you've just said, it's brought them close together, a bonding trip. They've had a great time, you know, and and now they're back and they recharge the batteries. And there's yeah. no real right answer. I don't really care. Like we're all entitled to to a drink over Christmas, and the footballers ultimately don't get as much opportunity as the rest of us to do so. Mm. So if they've got a, if they've got a few spare days to go to C- Copenhagen and have a drink, absolutely no problem with it whatsoever. I just hope mm. they're taking the checkbook. It's meant to be relatively expensive in Copenhagen. Yeah, something rotten in the state of Denmark. Well, indeed, really nicely put. Yeah, was that did that work? Not necessarily. No, um, no. But you could argue that there is, at the moment, in terms of where we're going, there is something rotten in the state of Denmark. Mm. We need a rot stopper. <laughs> and hopefully yeah. Denmark's the perfect place to stop the rot. Yeah, they'll be having a loose time, aren't they? Rockyard's taking them around real cool bars yeah. and restaurants. Trendy, you can imagine. Trendy places, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll come back wearing like baggy jeans and shirts. Yeah. Listening Maybe to a few the haircut changes. Listening to who? Yeah. The Doors. Well, it's a bit of a strange place for a group of championship footballers to go, isn't it? I don't know whether they're currently there. You'd hope they're currently there because there's not much time left to get there and back, is it? It's quite amusing. They just flew straight to Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, r- a real heavy night on the Friday. Yeah, and there will literally be people having kittens over this thing. Like, they'll be absolutely fuming. That they've got the audacity after getting thumped by QPR and Middlesbrough and defeated by Cardiff a week prior, that they've got the, the nerve, the cheek to go to Copenhagen for the Christmas do. They should be in the Bears' paw. They should be at home re-watching the last 180 minutes constantly on repeat. Yeah, on repeat in a dark room. They shouldn't be allowed out of the house until they've come to terms with what went wrong and how they're going to cause it, how they're going to get back to it. March the 5th, 2011, Preston at Norwich. One apiece, Chris Brown. Oh, that's just wonderful. Wonderful effort. I had to check because I was after that Brown goal, but he scored there in 2008. Obviously, that was 2-2 draw. Well, not obviously, but yeah, that wasn't the B goal. Were you there for this goal? No, I wasn't, no. But it's a real... We've had some good times at Norwich over the years, haven't we? You think about it. Clinton Baptiste, 2016. Who Not the me. hell is... Oh, you're taking a piss. <laughs> Alex Baptiste. Clinton Baptiste is the uh, is the guy off Phoenix Knights who um, <laughs> who gets the word nonce. Uh, <laughs> it looks a bit like Andrew he... Woods. If you're, if you're listening, oh, I hope you're well, pal. <laughs> and he didn't score at Norwich. 
No, Clinton didn't, but Alex did. So we played in that lovely blue strip. We won there under King Billy, actually. 3-0. Adam Nolan broke his Gregan. leg. Gregan. When was it Gregan scored from halfway line, did he? Yeah, yeah, that was 2001. 2-1. Gregan and David Healy. I should have picked one of them yeah. games. Instead of one one draw. Yeah, the, the win there in 2006, we played in that luscious light blue strip. Yes. Nolan yeah. scored, broke his leg. A two who broke his leg, who I'm pretty sure was on loan from North End to Norwich at the time, which is mental. Um, and he wiped and out his midfield competition. <laughs> indeed. Kudos to a two who. It wasn't just a pretty face, was he, Dixon? A two who. And Alexander scored, and obviously Dave Nugent scored, as he did all the time back then. Could you believe that stat that was on Sky Sports before our game? I was in the Princess Alice when the um, when the Sky coverage started, and Nugent was in the studio. He only scored thirty eight goals in something like one hundred and thirty games for North End. Now I know he came back for that Renaissance here, but he scored every single match of my childhood. I'm sure he did. <laughs> I reckon he scored about 400 goals in 100 games. Well, yeah, you'd imagine his return has, has made those stats look a little bit worse. Yeah. I think it was like one every two, was it, before that? Something like that? One every three? In or out, it must be, well, I don't think he ever got 20, did he? He can't be. No, I don't, no, I don't think so. But he can't have played that many times when he came back, like 25, 30 games. So yeah. I reckon it was yeah, one in every three-ish, one in every two mm. and a half, which is no mean feat. Adam Nolan's career was ruined after that, wasn't it, really? He was a prospect at the time. I think he, he was, anyway. Really, yeah, he never really um, came back and made an impact here, did he? Did he go on to play for Norwich? Yeah, I think he did. I think he did. Afterwards? Um, no. No, he didn't Didn't play for Norwich. <laughs> We've made that up. <laughs> it's a play for Blackpool. Oh, for Blackpool, FC Tampa Bay, North Sound Seawolves, Washington Crossfire... And Tacoma oh. Stars, who are an indoor team. Sounds like a bloody great time. Well, lapping it up in the States. Yeah, so t- we have actually got a pretty, well, a decent record at Norwich in the, in the recent years, especially at their place. Um, and we have also been spanked there as well. Hmm. So it's a tricky one, really. But, yeah, recent years, we've had some good times there. Like, Barkey's late leveller there. Uh, we won there last season, didn't we? Recent yes. Parrot. That was a fun day, but we got absolutely mauled at home. Wagner's opening game, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. We got absolutely absolutely railroaded. I think they were 8 nil up inside 10 minutes or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. and I mean, we went thinking Cannon and Delap. I mean, the playoff pushes on here. <laughs> Think again. <laughs> Where have you come, lads? Oh, oh crikey. Right, this is becoming far too long, so anything else you'd like to get off your chest or... Tell us what you're up to this no. week. No. Uh, this week, uh, not doing a great deal, to be honest. Uh, quiet week. We're going to Norwich with Dick Sealy in the morning, like quarter to six from the train. And our train is potentially subject of strike action once we oh, get to Peterborough. No. So it could well be a day on the piss in Peterborough, in the Ostrich. You've been in the Ostrich in Peterborough? No. It's always a great pub. It, it was the... What, and just not going to the game? Well, I mean, we'll be doing all we can to get to Norwich, but... If not, then the ostrich is a decent alternative. It was the place where uh, the Ryan Lowe, Ryan Lowe, Ryan Lowe song really hit it off. Plymouth Argyle are spiteful, but the Riddler is so delightful. Frankie's back delivering post. Ryan Lowe, Ryan Lowe, Ryan, Ryan, Lowe, Lowe. Ryan Lowe. And I hope, I just hope to God that that is reverberating around Carroll Road late on 
Saturday tea time. Because that'd yeah. be lovely. That'd be lovely. You can imagine that'll be the chorus of the uh, Watford home game in a couple in about ten days' time, yeah. fourteen days' time. You just think it, Deepdale will just be booming with that, won't it? Oh, uh, it'd be rocking, won't it? The question is, how will the drummer manage to adapt his drumming to that song? One for the uh, one for the drummer to ponder, I suppose. Food for the drummer's thoughts. Indeed. And we'll leave everybody with that thought for the rest of the week. Great to talk. Pleasure as ever. Let's back the lads. See you at Norwich Saturday or in the Ostrich and Peterborough. Either way. See you later. Goodbye. the 90th minute and Peony are on the TV you're watching with all your mates and the McNugget share boxes are open for all your pal's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points result order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app are you in? at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com on the McDonald's app planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.